Church discipline. In dealing with erring church members, God's people are carefully to follow the instruction given by the Savior in the 18th chapter of Matthew. See Matthew 18, verses 15 to 18. Human beings are Christ's property, purchased by Him at an infinite price, bound to Him by the love that He and His Father have manifested for them. How careful, then, we should be in our dealing with one another. Men have no right to surmise evil in regard to their fellow men. Church members have no right to follow their own impulses and inclinations in dealing with fellow members who have erred. They should not even express their prejudices regarding the erring, for thus they place in other minds the leaven of evil. Reports unfavorable to a brother or sister in the church are communicated from one to another of the church members. Mistakes are made and injustice is done because of an unwillingness on the part of someone to follow the directions given by the Lord Jesus. If thy brother shall trespass against thee, Christ declared, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. Do not tell others of the wrong. One person is told, then another, and still another. And continually the report grows and the evil increases till the whole church is made to suffer. Settle the matter between thee and him alone. This is God's plan. Go not forth hastily to strive, lest thou know not what to do in the end thereof, when thy neighbor hath put thee to shame. Debate thy cause with thy neighbor himself, and discover not a secret to another. Proverbs 25, 8, 9. Do not suffer sin upon your brother, but do not expose him, and thus increase the difficulty, making the reproof seem like a revenge. Correct him in the way outlined in the Word of God. Do not suffer resentment to ripen into malice. Do not allow the wound to fester and break out in poison words, which taint the minds of those who hear. Do not allow bitter thoughts to continue to fill your mind and his. Go to your brother and in humility and sincere talk with him about the matter. Whatever the character of the offense, this does not change the plan that God has made for the settlement of misunderstandings and personal injuries. Speaking alone and in the Spirit of Christ to the one who is in fault will often remove the difficulty. Go to the erring one with a heart filled with Christ's love and sympathy and seek to adjust the matter. Reason with them calmly and quietly. Let no angry words escape your lips. Speak in a way that will appeal to his better judgment. Remember the words, He which converteth a sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. James 5.20 Take to your brother the remedy that will cure the disease of disaffection. Do your part to help him. For the sake of the peace and unity of the church, feel it a privilege as well as a duty to do this. If he will hear you, you have gained him as a friend. All heaven is interested in the interview between the one who has been injured and the one who is in error. As the every one accepts the reproof offered in the love of Christ and acknowledges his wrong, asking forgiveness from God and from his brother, the sunshine of heaven fills his heart. The controversy is ended. Friendship and confidence are restored. The oil of love removes the soreness caused by the wrong. 
The Spirit of God binds heart to heart, and there is music in heaven over the union brought about. As those thus united in Christian fellowship offer prayer to God and pledge themselves to deal justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God, great blessing comes to them. If they have wronged others, they continue the work of repentance, confession, and restitution, fully set to do good to one another. This is the fulfilling of the law of Christ. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. Take with you those who are spiritually minded, and talk with the one in error in regard to the wrong. He may yield to the united appeals of his brethren. As he sees their agreement in the matter, his mind may be enlightened. And if he shall neglect to hear them, what then shall be done? Shall a few persons in a board meeting take upon themselves the responsibility of disfellowshipping the erring one? If he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. Let the church take action in regard to its members. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. If he will not heed the voice of the church, if he refuses all the efforts made to reclaim him, Upon the church rests the responsibility of separating him from fellowship. His name should then be stricken from the books. No church officer should advise, no committee should recommend, nor should any church vote that the name of the wrongdoer shall be removed from the church books until the instruction given by Christ has been faithfully followed. When this has been done, the church has cleared herself before God. The evil must then be made to appear as it is, and must be removed, that it may not become more and more widespread. The health and purity of the church must be preserved, that you may stand before God unsullied, clad in the robes of Christ's righteousness. If the erring one repents and submits to Christ's discipline, he is to be given another trial. And even if he does not repent, even if he stands outside the church, God's servants still have a work to do for him. They are to seek earnestly to win him to repentance. And however aggravated may have been his offense, if he yields to the striving of the Holy Spirit and by confessing and forsaking his sins gives evidence of repentance, he is to be forgiven and welcomed to the fold again. His brethren are to encourage him in the right way, treating him as they should wish to be treated were they in his place, considering themselves lest they also be tempted. Verily I say unto you, Christ continued, Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. This statement holds its force in all ages. On the church has been conferred the power to act in Christ's stead. It is God's instrumentality for the preservation of order and discipline among his people. To it, the Lord has delegated the power to settle all questions respecting its prosperity, purity, and order. Upon arrest, the responsibility of excluding from its fellowship those who are unworthy, who by their unchristlike conduct would bring dishonor on the truth. Whatever the church does that is in accordance with the directions given in God's word will be ratified in heaven. Subheading, Remission of Sins. Whosoever sins ye remit, said Christ, they are remitted. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. John 20, 23. 
Christ here gives no liberty for any man to pass judgment upon others. In the Sermon on the Mount he forbade this. It is the prerogative of God. But on the church in its organized capacity he places a responsibility for the individual members. Toward those who fall into sin, the church has a duty to warn, to instruct, and if possible to restore. Reprove, rebuke, exhort, the Lord says, with all long suffering and doctrine. Second Timothy four two. Deal faithfully with wrongdoing. Warn every soul that is in danger. Leave none to deceive themselves. Call sin by its right name. Declare what God has said in regard to lying, Sabbath-breaking, stealing, idolatry, and every other evil. They which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Galatians 5.21 If they persist in sin, the judgment you have declared from God's word is pronounced upon them in heaven. In choosing to sin, they disown Christ. The church must show that she does not sanction their deeds, or she herself dishonors her Lord. She must say about sin what God says about it. She must deal with it as God directs, and her action is ratified in heaven. He who despises the authority of the church despises the authority of Christ himself. But there is a brighter side to the picture. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted. Let this thought be kept uppermost. In labor for the erring, let every eye be directed to Christ. Let the shepherds have a tender care for the flock of the Lord's pasture. Let them speak to the erring of the forgiving mercy of the Savior. Let them encourage the sinner to repent and believe in him who can pardon. Let them declare on the authority of God's word, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9. All who repent have the assurance. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities, and they will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. Micah 7, 19. Let the repentance of the sinner be accepted by the church with grateful hearts. Let the repenting one be led out from the darkness of unbelief into the light of faith and righteousness. Let his trembling hand be placed in the loving hand of Jesus. Such a remission is ratified in heaven. The Desire of Ages, pages 805-806.